You are Locked On Bruins alongside Nick Cope. I'm Brian Fenley. Catch us on Twitter. Nick's Twitter is NKOOP. I'm at Brian Fenley. Our show Twitter handle, give that a follow. It's at Locked On Bruins. And if you want to send us an email, lockedonbruins at gmail.com. And we kindly ask you to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And thank you all for checking out our podcast all right so nick here is the rundown of what we've got on the menu for this episode we're going to start out by kind of taking everyone on a tour as to what's going on in fall camp the injury updates how guys are looking who's progressing as far as their ailments then we'll go into a deep in-depth look at the sports science philosophies and principles that Chip Kelly loves to institute. He has a history of doing so, and we will kind of unravel how he's used it at UCLA and his prior stops like the Philadelphia Eagles and the rest of the NFL. And then we will finish off the show by having a little debate segment where Nick and I will go back and forth about what UCLA does and has in terms of an edge over the rest of the Pac-12. Nick, I can't wait to hear your answer for that one. Well, you're going to have to wait a little longer. <laughs> is that uh, called a tease? It is called a tease. I will say that where I ended up was maybe a little simple, but I think very rational at the same time. Um, so I'm looking forward to, to hearing your thoughts as well. We will get to that later on in the show, but we begin by pointing out that Chip Kelly yesterday took the initiative and went to reporters and said that his guys have a 92 to 96 percent participation rate at fall camp. He called that outstanding. Nick, your early impressions of that, because while that is a very nice number and you're seeing and I don't want to jinx anything. I Here, I'm knocking jinxed. on wood for you. Yeah, 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 please. Okay, thank you. So, Because I don't want to say we were with a low amount of injuries and then for it to happen. So I, I'm very much conscious of that. But we still do have some injuries, Nick. And, and But it does seem like maybe there's some progress. And what have you seen from some of the reports out there about some stars like Joshua Kelly, Theo Howard, even Alec Anderson making headway and becoming a more participant, a f more likely 100% healthy player. Yeah, there's some progress since we've touched on the injuries last week. Alec Anderson now out on the bike during practice. You had Sam Marazzo warming up on the field uh, as well. We hadn't seen him for a little while. Um, I'm not sure how much we really talked touched on Darnay Holmes. I think it happened at the end of last week, uh, but he's just on the bike at the beginning of practice. Um, but Joshua Kelly, he is now uh, partaking in warmups on the field before he resumes uh, his usual conditioning on the side. And you still have Theo Howard and Diamond Lee, kind of where they have been, where they're taking part in individual drills, but they still have that yellow contact jersey on. I so we'd still like to see, I think, from Darnay Holmes and Joshua Kelly for them to be back, at least in individual drills, you'd start to feel a little more comfortable because we're only 10 days out from Cincinnati. It was funny that Chip Kelly, he 
he brought that statistic forward before he was asked a, a question. He, mm-hmm. he gave that to, to everybody. And while that is nice to see that there are a lot of bodies available at the same time, it doesn't take into account that some of the guys that are in those yellow jerseys and are not 100% full go yet are very important players, a potential left tackle and your number one cornerback, your number one running back, and your number one receiver. And Sam Marazzo, while he didn't play a lot last year, he is potentially a primary backup there on the interior of the line. Those are all key pieces. And Diamond Lee, even, he saw lots of action last year. So these are all guys that, if not going to see a lot of time, are right there on the cusp. If there's any consolation, Coach Kelly hasn't definitively ruled any of those players out at this point for that season opener that is 10 days away at Cincinnati. And it's very encouraging to see the reports from Alec Anderson, who had a surgery to one of his legs, and he was out there riding the stationary bike and and getting in some conditioning. So with that percent, that 92 to 96 percent that Chip Kelly offered voluntarily to the media, then came the follow-up question, why? Why are there so many fewer injuries? And they, the reporters asked, well, is it because you're not going so physical in practice? Are you not going live as much? And he said, no, no, that's not the case. And he said from an injury standpoint, he, he raved about his strength and conditioning head in Frank Wintrich, who says he does a great job of pinpointing and avoiding and finding solutions to quickly eradicating soft tissue injuries. And so it has nothing to do, because I know we've seen this, Nick, like in the NFL, where sometimes teams will kind of truncate their physical segments in practice because they want guys to be healthy, right? You know, if you're hitting up against one another for so much, you're going to, you know, kind of wear down your own guys. So while that is an honest perspective, it doesn't seem like Chip is doing that and that it's more of how he uses his strength and conditioning coaches to to do everything they can to avoid those sort of situations. Yeah, and he really trusts them to handle everything. I, it Just reading between the lines a little bit, it does seem like Chip Kelly just sort of lets them do their thing and, and trust them. And all we've heard about these guys and their off seasons and how they've gotten better physically, they've all raved about uh, not able to you know it's not just putting on weight and becoming more muscular but it's also having that sort of tom brady comes to mind initially about how he talks about having i think he used the word elasticity where you just make yourself more mobile and able to handle a little bit more physically that there's got to be some of that going on there too yeah some like padding that you add to the body and maybe you're able to is maybe another word there too yeah that's a big word that i'll have to look up in the dictionary at some (laughs) point (laughs) so from from doing all the necessities whether it's you know extra stretching and cold tubs and in foam rolling there's also this 
push to get adequate sleep. And there are several situations where players have talked about we're getting eight hours of sleep. Nick, when you were in college, and maybe for me, maybe I can just speak for myself, I can probably count on one hand how many times in my four and a half years of getting through college that I got eight hours of sleep. But these guys are getting it every night and they're having coaches check into their dorms and where they stay at 10 p.m. to make sure that they're in bed and they're getting the adequate amount of rest. Well, I think you just needed to get your classes scheduled a little bit later in the day. (laughs) You might have been okay. But, I mean, that you can't understate how much sleep can really help you. And especially as student athletes, you know, these players also having to worry about trying to be a top football program in the country and go to class, getting eight hours of sleep is no easy task, but that's what this staff has helped them do. They have created such a regiment, I think, for them, which sounds like a military-type word, but I think if you want these guys to perform well, not only on the football field, but in the classroom as well, there needs to be sort of that routine and regiment and I think studies show that when you have a routine that it just really does wonders for you physically and mentally as well. Developing a structure that begins with taking care of your body. And one aspect that you can do that is nutrition and other sports science principles that Chip Kelly has installed with the Bruins and in the past. And we will elaborate on all of that coming up next. But first, Locked On Fantasy Football. And make sure you listen to Vinny Iyer and Locked On Fantasy Football. Vinny gives you the edge with over 20 years covering fantasy football. Don't listen to the same stuff as everyone else. Then you are the same. Get the edge from Vinny that will put you ahead on draft day and put you ahead all season long. Locked On Fantasy Football on your favorite podcast provider. Welcome back to Locked On Bruins. He's Nick Cope. I'm Brian Fenley. Make sure you hang out with us on Twitter. Nick's Twitter is NKOOP. I'm at Brian Fenley. Our show's Twitter gaining some steam. That is Locked On Bruins. If you call yourself a Bruin fan in any semblance, you're going to want to follow us and the show. From a dive into fall camp and the latest news on the injury front, Chip Kelly is doing more in sports science, perhaps some potential injury issues. And he's kind of taking a preventative way by we hit upon the sleep in the last segment, but also nutrition. And I feel like, Nick, sports science is is something that Chip is a, a big proponent of. He didn't start it. But he is certainly an innovator as far as pushing it more than maybe the vast amount of programs. And we've seen that other programs are using sort of his principles or the idea of sports science and integrating it more. It kind of feels like analytics, like that's become a bigger thing. So has sports science. But then again, while it is science, you know – there are some subjectiveness to it as to how effective it is. According to one coach, he might say, we don't use it or we don't think that it really helps us. And then you've got Chip Kelly, who finds a lot of benefit from it. Well, 
you know, when, when you're a coach, you're trying to find an edge any way you can. So you have your set amount of time on the practice field, you know, watching tape in the weight room. But then there are there's other time where players are going to class. They've got to eat. They've got to study. So there there's other time there where you can still help get that edge. And I think a lot of this ties into the whole sleep thing we were just talking about. Uh, but also eating well. And guys talk about they got th- access to three meals a day there uh, right on campus at the Wasserman Center. And when you are rested, when you have the proper fuel for your body, I mean, not only is it there to help you physically, and I think all the players are where they need to be physically, but now as you get into the season and so much becomes mental and knowing where you're supposed to be and what you're supposed to do on a given play in a given moment, all that kind of stuff helps with you mentally as much as it does physically. And so I think really it's just the Bruins, another way to get an edge, you know, it's something off the field, you know, sports science, you mentioned the word analytics. I think of it as body analytics. So yeah. To speak. Yeah. And another Avenue to get that edge personalized smoothies. And they are, put together based on the nutritional needs of a specific player. And we saw Chip Kelly do that in the past with the Eagles. I know that UCLA does that. And it's interesting because there are other coaches who use certain health foods or or drinks to to get an edge. Even James Franklin at Penn State had a a movement where he he told his players to, to start this cherry juice diet. And what that would do is it would alleviate some inflammation and oxidative stress and have health benefits, too. So, you know, Chip Kelly is trying to get his guys as healthy as possible. I read, Nick, I thought this was very eye-opening, that when Chip Kelly took over with the Philadelphia Eagles, the, the franchise for the players, it had a Taco Tuesday and a Fast Food Friday. Knowing Chip, he can both of those. <laughs> yeah, no, those are not going to fly in in Philly. And in Austin Burton, a quarterback for UCLA, took it to elaborated on the nutritional needs. He said, "Look, I don't think any other team in the country, and perhaps we saw this at the Eagles franchise as well, but." Any team in the country get the nutrition that we get. It's really amazing, he said, what Coach Kelly has been able to do with that whole nutrition part. Like you said, Nick, it's whatever advantage you can get. And I read that there is a stipulation in Chip Kelly's contract that any sort of sports science innovation or thing he creates – for the most part, unless it's protected by California law, would be owned by UCLA. So that was p- interesting to, to read that that's part of his contract, that you know he, he's such a, a forward thinker that anything that he does and creates is sort of under the licensee of UCLA. Yeah, that is, that is really fascinating. And, I mean, we're just – probably scratching the surface as far as what kind of stuff they're doing there. You know, I'm sure if there's personalized smoothies, there's, there's probably uh, a lot more going on, but you know, this is what UCLA needs to do just 
when you talk about like program philosophy and establishing a culture, this is another one of those things where it's just taking everything seriously. You know, you, you, you can't afford to have that, that cheat day or the two cheat days in the case of the Eagles. You know, if, if you want to be a great football player and do you want to perform well, if this program wants to be one of the top teams in the nation, it starts with the most minute details and I think this all comes full circle in that the types of players that Chip Kelly is going after are ones that will fit right in, that will appreciate this sort of regimented, laid-out program for them that is designed to maximize their ability on and off the field. You're listening to Locked on Bruins with Nick Cope. I'm Brian Fenley. And Nick, you brought up a great point. I think in the NFL there are a lot of prima donnas, a lot of divas out there that felt that this sort of thing was not to to their liking and as an NFL and a pro perhaps you have more individual power over what you do but at the college level chip is able to have such a more widespread power over the players and they listen to him and they buy into what he says so you know, people look at his NFL record and they say, well, he won and then maybe he didn't. Well, it starts with buying in. Like, if a lot of the guys weren't buying in, you can't blame that on Chip. And so if you're not buying in, you're not really following all of his principles and what he wants to do. So you're basically not getting the full effect or the impact uh, of sort of the mission and in and, and his prerogative of how he wants to lead things as far as kind of weird gizmos that chip has used in the past to spice up practice so i read this nick that bo allen he was a seventh round pick for the eagles and he told a reporter how he met chip kelly and this is probably the most unassuming or most odd ways i should say the these two met. He was on the practice field and a remote control car crashed into his leg. Bo Allen is like, who, who's manning that thing? What, where is that coming from? So apparently is a, a time during offseason workouts in the NFL where the coaches can't be on the field with the players. But Chip decided to use a remote control car, which he was operating to help teach and help coach players as far as like working on different motions and different schemes because he could be on the field, but he found a way within the rules to sort of coach and teach from off the field. I just found that fascinating. So, so what's on this? Is there, is there a camera? Is there a speaker? How? Yeah. Why wasn't there just someone who could be there maybe holding a cell phone and facetiming i have i have a lot of questions here yeah. about the logistics <laughs> so apparently it was like a drone car so i'm assuming it's got a camera on it okay but yeah. it was basically simulating like an offensive back in motion so <laughs> can you imagine like you're under center and you're warming up with your teammates and all of a sudden you see a remote control car operated by the chip Kelly, who is trying to teach you and help you from off the field. 
it, it just it's mind blowing. I just thought that was super cool. And while he's not with the 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 Eagles, uh, to this day they are using sports science principles that he instituted. In fact, according to the Eagles front office, they're using it to sift through potential free agents and build their roster. So in, according to one quote, it's they're, they're looking at how the gate, how the, the gate within the player is to see if that gives them a heads up on their decline. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, how they run, the, yeah. the style in which they run. Yeah. Are they going to be susceptible to injury or what have you in the future? Yeah, so they bring in sports scientists to analyze the gait of the player and use that as sort of like they can extrapolate, well, so-and-so has this many years left in his life expectancy as an NFL player or whatever as to use that in their decision-making to bring in a player. I just think that that's super cool. And it bears mentioning, Nick, that Chip is also very tight-lipped. He's very secretive about a lot of the different things that he does from a sports science perspective. Like, you know, you don't want to reveal your whole playbook. He kind of has this mantra where I'm not going to unveil all the different, you know, non-conventional or mainstream advantages I use to bolster my team. Well, it just goes back to kind of the point of, of all of this. And I think what's likely at the core of Chip Kelly, it's how can we get an edge? What way can we get an edge? And, you know, the only reason we've heard about these things is players talking about them, yes. you know, because I, I think in an ideal world that, None of us would know any of these things, and that <laughs> exactly. would give Chip Kelly another edge over everybody else. Um, so it's it's totally fascinating. I'm sure over the years we'll get even more stories. Speaking of edge, UCLA has an edge over all the other Pac-12 schools. We will explain why. Nick and I will debate that as to how that is. But first, the new Locked On NFL is on fire. Last week, it was one of the most listened to NFL shows with the expert analysis of former NFL scout Matt Williamson and hosted by Brian Peacock. Locked On NFL is your daily national podcast on all things NFL with Matt's unique take on the game. Follow Locked On NFL now on your favorite podcast provider. Welcome back to Locked On Bruins. He's Nick Cope. I'm Brian Fenley. Final segment here. On a Monday, as we, Nick, are 10 days away from that season opener against Cincinnati, UCLA football going on the road for that one. But it brings us to a discussion to wrap up the show and, and a question that Nick and I are going to debate, but also want to throw this out to the listeners and our contingent who follow the show. In what different ways does UCLA football have an edge over Pac-12 schools, all the other Pac-12 schools. I'll start, Nick, and then I want to hear your perspective. I'm going on the basis of brand. Now, when you show up to UCLA, it comes with an incredible amount of street cred from an education standpoint and from an athletic standpoint, not just football, but the 
over 100 national championships. Now, we also are in the second biggest media market in the country, but I do feel moving forward that the number one advantage that UCLA has over the other Pac-12 teams is its brand, and it's known worldwide, UCLA, and it has such a great reputation. Now, how do you use that to your benefit on the football team and recruiting or whatnot? That remains to be seen, and everybody has their own opinions on that. But just from the standpoint of branding, which is so important, that's where I feel that it has the edge over any other Pac-12 team. Well, maybe after what we were just talking about, it it's sports science. Yes, <laughs> sure. No, you're... Your your point is well taken. Uh, I uh, I want a little more literal, and I think for your brand to in the UCLA brand to have a little bit more impact when you talk about improving as a program, building for the future, establishing a foundation, you do need to have some improvement on the football field. And I think where that comes in, and you get and where UCLA kind of has an edge over other teams is that. They have a lot of room for improvement, especially on the defensive side. Um, I mean, the big things we heard all last year were needed improvement in the pass rush and tackling as well, given all the injuries they had at linebackers. So there's all this room for the defense to get better. And I think back to some close games we have. That's The Cincinnati game last year was there for the taking. It was 17-17 in the second half. They lost to Washington by seven, and they got behind early. ASU and Stanford were one-score games. If the defense could have made a couple more plays or, or held a little tougher on some drives, then you know you're talking about instead of a three-win season, maybe going bowling. Um, and so I feel like when you go into this year, even if the offense doesn't improve from where it was at the end of the last year, and it was a really good offense, I think you know you. Could, top 20 top 30 offense there those last few weeks even if that stays the same and the defense takes a step you know this team's gonna be able to flip some of those games and then be competitive in even more games um but in terms of branding i mean no doubt that you know ucla has something over everyone else i remember the first time i worked a game on campus i was a couple years removed from graduating college myself and I was ready to be done with college. I was I was <laughs> totally fine. And then I walked on campus at UCLA and I was like, oh, maybe uh, maybe I need a, another degree. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what's stopping you from doing that? You should. Money. <laughs> yeah. And, and Nick, from, from that perspective, I also look at it as when you talk about the competition aspect, I think UCLA football – athletic department in general does a great job of kind of trying to stay ahead of the times in this arms race to have the best facilities to have the the top notch in in everything you know you look at the SEC for example and you see these facilities that these teams have and how that's such an edge in recruiting when you have all of these different gizmos and gadgets that are tied into these different facilities but you look at the the Wasserman building and it is just a gold mine of of cutting edge technology that will have to play and and should be played into the van in the advantage 
of the players. And, and you also have to consider that there are a lot of generous donors with UCLA that are pouring in tons of funds to prop up the football program and give them what they need, what Chip Kelly wants, and whatever the cost, really. Yeah, and, you know, I I think in a couple years here, we're really going to see not just the improvements on the football field, but just to bring basketball in for a second, too. I mean, the Mo Austin Center is really tremendous. And so now the UCLA has brought coaches in that, you know, and Chip Kelly, you know, we're seeing really regimented, well-thought-out decisions across the board for the entire program. And basketball has brought in a guy like Mick Cronin, who really just, seems to embody everything about UCLA. I mean, he has just come right in and it seems like he's been here for a while, even though it's been just a few months. And I think you're going to see that all the infrastructure around and then the program starting to improve, it's just going to kind of feed into itself. And, you know, there's great heights ahead for UCLA. And then when the teams are performing well and the brand you already have there, I mean, this, this sky's the limit. Yeah, it's watch out the rest of college athletics because UCLA is the dominating force in collegiate athletics. And Nick, you've got some UCLA soccer coming up here pretty soon, too. So we'll have to ask you about how the season's going with them and how they're looking this year. Yeah, you've got the the women open the season Friday night at home against Iowa State. I mean, they're preseason number four. And then the men's team is going to be really interesting. They have an exhibition on Tuesday. I'll be out there um, with a brand new coach. And they've got, I just did the math here, there's 25 players on the roster. 11 of them are brand new. There's freshmen, there's transfers. Uh, So that team is going to be really interesting. So, yeah, we'll have some soccer we can touch on for sure. Nothing brand new about Nick's ability to call UCLA soccer games. He is super good at that, and I encourage all of our listeners to tune in to him as the men's and women's soccer teams get going here very soon, as Nick pointed out. Again, for Nick Cope, I am Brian Fenley. Thank you for your time and listening to Locked On Bruins. Catch us tomorrow right here. This is your team every day.